Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things in this day and age with the online community. It's so, so great, but you have to just remember that all of it is a lot of white noise, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Like you really can't get so consumed in the positive comments just as much as as the negativity that's there too, because your opinion of yourself is valued solely on on you and who you are and who you look at in the mirror and, and knowing that it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode in our Mastermind series. And today we're focusing on influencers, which I'm going to be honest, I really hate that word because it just sounds sort of douchey, but it is what you call it. When someone makes a business via social media or on the internet and they have influence on other people and that influence allows them to do brand partnerships or build a business or be a coach or whatever, that's an influencer. I realized recently that I have interviewed a lot of really successful influencers over the years in every category. So I thought it would be cool to bring those conversations into our mastermind series for any of you who are influencers and you want to level up, for any of you who sort of secretly dream that you get brand partnerships or grow a business via social, or maybe you just want to hear more about how people turn their personal brand into a business that makes them money. That's what today's conversation is all about. In seven years of hosting the show, I've gotten the opportunity to chat with some incredible people in this category. So today you're going to hear from Lewis Howes, podcast host of The School of Greatness, 
You're going to hear from Gracie Mercedes, a longtime influencer in the fashion space, Camille Styles, the OG blogger. Like when I first started out blogging 2008, 2009, Camille Styles was who we all wanted to be. She's built an entire lifestyle brand around her blog. You're going to hear from Amber Kemp Gerstel, or as you might know her, Damask Love, who has the most vibrant and happy Instagram feed ever and specializes in craft. She's all about the DIY and for years has been making an incredible living teaching other people how to do crafts. This is the conversation. This is how you build. This is how you grow. This is the world of influencers and I hope you dig today's Mastermind episode. My name is Amber and I am today the creative girl behind a DIY blog called Damask Love. Um, I have always been a creative girl. I have not always been a creative person in my career path. Originally, as I was working as a psychologist, I started a blog about crafting because that was my hobby. And it was kind of what I did in my off hours. As soon as I got home from work, that was the thing I was excited to do was to craft things and to make things. And on a whim, truly, I started a blog. Um, I think on day one, I decided what I was going to call it. And on day two, the thing was live. So that's the best blog. kind of blog. <laughs> that, that's the amount of forethought that went into it. And it started as a hobby, as a place to share the things that I was making and at that time, uh, blogs were certainly popular, but there wasn't kind of the, the the title influencer did not exist. And I had no intentions of making any money off the thing. I just was like, this will be my creative outlet. But over time, it took up, it picked up speed and picked up steam and gained a following very organically. And I eventually decided, well, I guess I could turn this into a job. And honest to God, the reason I decided to like, maybe I could make this shift was one day I got this email from a company that wanted to work with me. And they flat out told me in the email, they were like, we're short on time. So we want you to do six posts and we're going to pay you $18,000. And girl, let me tell you, let me tell you that $18,000. I mean, $18,000 when you've not been making money, much money as a blogger, it sounds like you can move mountains and change lives. So I said, well, of course I took the $18,000 and I said, well, if there's people with marketing budgets like this, that means that enough $18,000 makes a salary. And I just need to find that those, those people and avail myself to those opportunities. So that's when I decided um, that I would kind of in the back of my mind plan to eventually leave my job as a psychologist and pursue a full-time gig as a blogger, whatever you want to call me, content creator. And, um, so I did. And probably about a year and a half later, after I'd had my son and was feeling extremely overwhelmed by the role of mom, blogger, psychologist, wife, all of those things, um, I kind of got to the point where I uh, just couldn't do it anymore. I had saved up a year's salary by that point, knowing that if I left my job and never made another dime, that at least I had one year to figure out if I could be a successful you know, entrepreneur. Um, and... Thankfully, a year later, my business was continuing to grow and to thrive, and I was able to um, continue doing what I what I'm passionate about, which is getting people to tap into their creative sides that I believe everyone has, but just needs a little bit of help or a little nudge or a little direction on on finding it. When I was getting paid the two fifty for a job, I just felt like 
I don't know if I can make enough 250s to make this viable. And it took that $18,000 number to really like be the wake up call. Once I got that email, I think what allowed me to um, grow that into a full salary or enough money to be worthwhile uh, to, to leave my job was the fact that if you're going to work for free, which I think a lot of us do in the beginnings of our business for exposure, because there is value there when you're starting, if you're going to work for free, you choose who you work for free for. Ooh, like, yes, you, everyone, every brand, every, everyone out there wants free content if it's good. So if you're producing free content, don't wait for the free opportunities to come to you. Go get them. Because as soon as you say, you know, I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z, here's what I think would work great for your brand, or here's how I think we could partner in this way. And what I'd love to have in exchange is for you to post this content on your Instagram, or here's what I'd like. I'd like to receive this product. Lots of people want that deal. So Mm -hmm. you really have a lot of power as the content creator to decide who that person is for. So in my case, I blogged for about a year or two for Martha Stewart living. I didn't continue doing that into perpetuity because I knew that that like working for free was not going to be a great um, avenue for me. But I did know that if I'm going to work for free, I'd rather work for free for Martha Stewart than work for free for the person that you've never heard of before and never and don't plan on spending any money yes. there. Yeah, so totally. I, I know physically I would sit down and write a list of this is like, this is what my dream collaboration would be. Or these are who the people that down the road I want to be working with on a long-term basis. And I would write it down. And if, if something came along that was aligned with getting to those brands, then I would take it. If it wasn't, then I said no, because you don't have to do everything that comes across your desk if it doesn't align with where you see yourself going. I, for me, you know, not everyone, when I tell people what I do, often people say like, oh, I would never want to do that. And I'm just the opposite. Like I now know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And and I never considered myself an entrepreneur. I feel like that word was not meant for me for a long time because I felt like that was intended for people who had it all figured out and like knew the ins and outs of business and were very savvy in that regard. And I didn't consider myself to be that. But I think what I've learned um, and I think what anyone listening likely might be feeling is that as entrepreneurs, I think part of the reason we're entrepreneurs is because we are constantly figuring it out and there is no point at which we have it figured out. And that's what entrepreneurship really is. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to the point where now where I'm comfortable with that title because I know that's what I what I do. But I continue to be passionate about what I do because we have, and you and, and anyone who's in this kind of industry, we have this really unique opportunity of reaching far more people than we could ever reach with a brick and mortar store. Absolutely. And reaching people and changing their lives in whatever medium that may be. Um, for me, that's that's crafting and creativity. So yeah, I mean, the messages I get every day, the emails I get every day from the people who are inspired by what I do, that's what keeps me so, so excited about it. One of my biggest struggles has been um, hiring. And it's twofold because one, I, I have a lot to learn about hiring and I've really been trying to dive into ways to educate myself about that. But secondly, it's hard to hire when your job is to to create content that looks pretty, looks fun, but doesn't necessarily convey the hustle that goes into absolutely everything you do. Mm-hmm. Because just because it's rainbows does not mean it's not hard. Just because it's a pretty <laughs> photo does not mean we didn't have to take 60 other ones to get the right one. That's you know, a good like, quote. Just because it's rainbows doesn't mean it's not hard. You should put that on a shirt in glitter writing and sell that on your website. 
There we go. We got a new product. Perfect. Uh, I want one. <laughs> the, but you know, I, I often get people who say, Oh, I would love to work with you. I, you, you inspired me so much. I would love to, you know, be a part of what you do in the studio every day. And often that is a red flag. And I think it's something that for other people who are in my position of, of either hiring or looking for, for people to work with, that's a red flag that they're, they're not quite at the point of understanding that it's a business. And as for every every piece of glitter I throw onto card sock, there is an invoice. There's a whole bunch of QuickBooks. There's a million emails that go back and forth negotiating rates. There's updating media kits. There's web design. There's SEO. There's all of these things that are not pretty, mm-hmm. but that are very much the things that go into making this a viable business. I often, I, I when I speak at um, like workshops or conferences, I often say that, you know, 100,000 Instagram followers, a business does not make. A business plan is is what makes a business. And there, I, I was just reading an article earlier about a girl who has maybe more than a million followers, I don't know, but continues to fail when it comes to the business. And so, yes, absolutely. To answer your question, you know, the business is what keeps keeps the lights on around here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you, just because I don't show it does not mean it's not happening because it absolutely is. I feel, I always feel like if you, in order to start an Instagram account, you need to take like business 101 because (laughs) you you can't expect that the Instagram following alone is going to carry you. It's the business smarts and and the know-how that are going to make you, you know, give you the longevity. I don't have a huge Instagram following. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, but my business is doing great. It's doing just fine. So you can't assume that one correlates to the other directly. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, 
No two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously, you can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I'm Camille Stiles. I'm the founder and editor in chief of the lifestyle site CamilleStyles.com, where we produce daily content that's all about living life like you mean it. I um, lead a fantastic group of seven women out of our studio in downtown Austin, where we produce photo and video shoots. We research and write articles for the site. Um, We just produce everything that you see across all of our channels. And I'm also a mom to three-year-old Henry and six-year-old Phoebe. So I, people have started to call me one of the OG. You are the OG <laughs> Which as is far so as so weird, but it's cool to look back and see kind of the evolution. I started my site 10 years ago. Um, at the time, I had started an event planning company. I was in my early 20s and started my site as, well, a blog really then. It was in the early days of blogging when people weren't really making a living as a blogger. It was definitely a fun side hobby way before there was an influencer economy. And I mean, it was pre-Instagram, pre-Twitter, all of that. So the landscape looked really different. But I was a journalism major in school. I'd always loved to write. And for me, my blog felt like just the most fun creative outlet. Looking back, it is funny to see how I think I kind of downplayed it, though, as just this like little side creative hobby. Um, And I was afraid in the beginning to look at it as something that could be something bigger. Um, I think I was afraid to dream too big or, you know, that I might fail or sound silly. Um, But I found that I was getting up early and staying up late to work on my blog and just fell in love with the process of creating content and having an audience to share it with. But it is really interesting to look back and see the way that the site has evolved over the years and just the content itself. In those early days, I was still at a point in my career where I think I was trying to be like the next Martha Stewart, you know, trying to kind of emulate what I'd seen others doing before and having success with. And so when I look back at those early posts, I see a lot of perfect parties and how to impress your guests. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that type of content if it really brings you joy. But over the years, the site has really come to embrace as its core message, authenticity and imperfection and really just 
going from looking at beautiful things to wanting to empower our audience to really live life on purpose and show up fully. And it's where that message of living life like you mean it comes from. So I'm always looking for that piece in everything that we're doing. I think that all of anyone who's had a blog hopes that there's this one point where there's like a tipping point where everything suddenly just blows up. But like most of us out there, you know, my story really was one of grit and determination and just showing up and being so consistent in creating content day after day, even when I didn't feel like it. Let me ask real quick, just so we can unpack that for listeners. What does consistency look like when you're just starting out? Versus what does consistency look like today? Because I think that that kind of changes over time, uh, how you show up in the beginning, let's say when you're, when you're hustling and you're new and you don't really know what you're doing. Consistency could be, I'm just going to make sure I post every single day of the week versus now consistency might expand. So it might be how often you post, but also the quality of the work. Like, can you talk about the evolution of your consistency? Yeah, that's a great question because I do often have more up and coming bloggers ask me how often they should be posting or, you know, asking me how often I post. And it is two totally different stories because as we've grown from a blog to a lifestyle publication, we're posting, you know, five, six times a day sometimes um, and have contributors all over the country. So it's a totally different scenario than where I was when I started out. Um, I think consistency can be even a couple times a week if you are creating that relationship with your community and creating content that is so high quality and thoughtful that they are going to come to you no matter how frequent the posting is. Um, But I think that for your audience to know and be able to count on the fact that when they come to your site, there's going to be something new for them to ingest. And um, I think just that you're always creating and always trying to do something new is so key. I do think that I started the site with a real focus on creating the highest quality content that I could, and that's grown over time. Um, at the beginning, it was me trying to figure out how how to create or how to take a better photo. Um, this was before iPhones were taking really great photos, so I had to figure out how to work a DSLR. Um, really honing my styling skills. When I look back at some of those earlier recipes, I mean, the styling is horrendous. And that just continues to evolve. But I think that I love looking back at those earlier posts because it does show that growth and evolution. And our journeys are so... Just seeing that journey is so important to understanding who we are and what our own stories are. Um, I would never go back and delete an old post because I think it's something to celebrate. It's funny how... As I've gotten better at creating good content, I think I've also gotten more okay with not looking perfect, Mm -hmm. which in a way sounds counterintuitive, but I think that that desire to look perfect or look good enough in front of an audience, no matter what size that audience is, it's something that can be really hard to get past. But I think that, you know, if you really are engaging with your community and wanting to connect with them, that realization of like embracing your flaws and imperfections is so important because Mm -hmm. that's ultimately the only thing that people really connect with. I think for years, my biggest struggle was really being able to to define what my own point of view was. Um, It's really easy in the space to kind of look to your right and look to your left and see what others are doing and how they're having success. Doing something a certain way 
And it really takes a lot of courage to do things your own way. And I think that that realization came from my own struggles. For me, my biggest challenge has been really figuring out that balance between kind of being the kind of mom and wife and friend that I want to be with being the kind of businesswoman that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And some days, you know, I definitely am still failing at it. I'm maybe with my kids, but my mind's a million mi- miles away thinking about an email or an Instagram caption that I'm writing or something work-related and just keeping me from being truly present. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was if this is a struggle that is really close to my heart, and it's something that all of my friends are feeling, really every woman I know, then it's probably something that our audience is feeling too. Um, I think that in this age of being constantly connected to our devices, that struggle of wanting to be more present but feeling really distracted is something that's felt by everyone. And so that realization led to me taking that to my site and realizing that I wanted to use our content to kind of scratch my own itch and learn how to become less distracted and use our content to help our audience be more present in their lives and be more intentional. And being able to articulate that and really having that crystallized as our core message sent me on a path of really starting to carve out a unique point of view that I felt like was my own and that was different from what I'd been doing as I walked in the footsteps of other people. Absolutely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Rach to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash reach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. (laughs) 
name is Gracie. I'm from New York City originally, but I've lived in LA a while now, about 12 years. Um, I've done a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> I've had many jobs and I've done a lot of things. I started as a producer at MTV right out of college. Um, and then I eventually moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting, which is something I always loved but never thought I can actually do as mm -hmm. a job. Um, when I first moved here, I also started styling on the side because I didn't want to wait tables anymore. I started hosting and doing like online hosting. And it was actually the hosting that brought me to blogging. Okay. Because I had gotten a, an on-air host agent who had told me, and this was about seven years ago. Okay. He's like, the world of hosting has changed. You can no longer just be like an attractive person who can speak on camera. Yeah. You have to yeah. have a niche. You yeah. have to be an expert at mm -hmm. something. And I was like, well, I'm a stylist and I work in fashion or I love fashion. He's like, great. Turn your website into a fashion website. Yeah. And so it started as more of an inspirational website, kind of like Because I'm Addicted, if you know that site, where it was things I loved, mm -hmm. um, lookbooks, uh, fashion week, things like that. It wasn't until I discovered um, personal style blogs or OOTDs, which at first I had no idea what yes, that stood for. Like, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was such a weird thing. I was like, these girls are just taking photos of themselves. Yeah. Like, I didn't really get it. Yeah. Um, but then I had a photographer friend shoot me in my clothes and I was like let's just try this yeah and that's kind of when people started following and started becoming interested in me and my blog and around the time when brands started reaching out and back then it was just free clothes it was yeah. like here's some cute stuff can you wear it and if I liked it I did yeah um but then eventually that turned into uh oh we'll pay you to wear this yeah which was like what yeah um and then that turned into probably over the last three years, like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and, totally. And um, now, yeah, so now I'm a fashion blogger and an actress. So as an influencer these days, um, my money usually comes from collaborations with brands, mm -hmm. most, mostly fashion brands, but some lifestyle brands. Mm -hmm. A brand will approach, I now have representation, a blog manager, mm -hmm. which is like a whole nother world. Yeah. Um, but like if you're an actor or a writer and you have an agent, it's kind of the same thing. Brands um, work with them to secure influencers. Mm -hmm. And then these influencers then go and create content for your either your blog or your Instagram or both. Mm -hmm. um, and that content can be unique to whoever the influencer is. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of times, it's a simple outfit post. It's take whatever um, thing they're trying to plug at the moment and style it in my own way, mm -hmm. um, photograph it, write about it, mm -hmm. put it on my blog, put it on my Instagram. Sometimes it's more interesting than that. Sometimes it's like a video or sometimes I'm just traveling. Sometimes I'm just talent where I just have to show up on yep. a sh photo shoot. Those are the best days. Yeah, those are the best days for days. sure. Yeah. I have one of those days on Monday. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Lord. when you can just like be the like talent and not have anything Everything to do after. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the best job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how you make money. And then some influencers make some money through... Um, affiliate links yeah. but I honestly that's never been a big money maker yeah. for me yeah maybe I don't use it enough yeah but uh it's just never been because media is so crazy and mm -hmm. I'm sure for you it's the same way what worked for us a year ago doesn't mm -hmm. work for us now it changes so fast it's changing all the time and yeah. I'm constantly frustrated with mm -hmm. that like I just don't know what people want anymore sometimes yes. I feel like I, I don't what do you like yeah. like what do you want <laughs> but I think with that is like you know the space is way more oversaturated than it was when mm -hmm. I started. And mm -hmm. when I started, I didn't start to make money because yeah. you couldn't make money yeah. or I 
didn't know you could yeah. be funny. So I was just doing it, one, as a creative outlet, and two, to kind of support my hosting career, mm -hmm. which it ended up giving me really great opportunities. Um, I did six months as a style host. I did like a style segment on Access Hollywood in mm -hmm. conjunction with My Habit, which no longer exists, but it's owned by Amazon. And I did that for six months, and that was kind of when I realized like hosting wasn't necessarily for me. Like mm. I might host something if I create a show. I would like host my own show. Yeah. But um, it, it made me realize like, oh, well, I don't really want to host, but this has led to the blogging, like blogging full time mm -hmm. and, and figuring out that world. But yeah, it does change every, I want to say every day. Yeah, really <laughs> I does. feel like people want different things really every day. Does. Like yeah. so, sometimes they really love a photo of me and my husband and sometimes yeah. they don't care. Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. they love my dog and sometimes yeah. they don't care. Yeah. One of my pieces of advice is to, while you're trying to see what works, also try not to compare yourself to other yes. influencers because that's like just such a killer. Yeah. And especially for people like me who started a while ago, I feel like it is a stagnant time. It's yeah. really hard to like break yeah. through and like get a bigger sure. following. And then you see these like guys and girls who popped up a year ago and they're like half a million followers. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're just like, how did this yeah. happen? But totally. I do think it's like, there's something about, oh, well they're new and fresh and mm -hmm. exciting. And mm -hmm. so if you have been around then you have to almost yeah. like reinvent yourself yeah. constantly. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have a very, very strong point of view. Mm-hmm. Don't start a blog that looks just like everyone else's yep. blog. Don't do exactly what everyone else is doing. Yep. Don't post the same stuff that everyone... Like, if I see one more latte, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> um, so it's, like, things like that. Try to re reinvent yourself. Funny I said that because I just shot a latte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it works. I'm like, you'll see a latte in a couple so, of weeks yeah. from me. But I think, yeah, especially if you can have a strong, like, niche or mm -hmm. point of view. Mm -hmm. I'm always encouraging, like, moms who, who want to start blogs. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Pimp out your family. Yeah. Like people want to know about your kids and yeah. they want to know about your husband and they yeah. want to know how you do it all. Yeah. And like a lot of times people shy away from showing their kids, which I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to work in that world, yeah, it's about, world. it's about your life. It's about your life. Yeah, totally. So you have to be open to that. So yeah, I think having a specific, and you know, I, I've talked to girls who are like, oh, I don't know. I feel like my style is like too out there. And I'm like, no, be no, out there, perfect. but yeah. embrace that you're out there yeah. and really go for it because yeah. not everyone is out yeah. there. My website hits have cut in half yeah probably yeah. over the last year or so and um and my instagram has definitely grown but it hasn't grown so much mm -hmm. so it is this weird place where like but i will say on the flip side brands always still want a blog post agreed they agreed they still want you to have that blog post yes. and they, because yeah. you know instagram is a thing right now mm -hmm. but you know so What's is myspace at one yeah. point <laughs> you know, things so like disappear yeah. and you know a blog is could be forever yeah like, that's not gonna Absolutely. go away um, I think with that, like I'm redoing my blog at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully the new one will launch like the end of December, right before the new year. Mm -hmm. And I've changed the format of it to look more like a website, like a yeah. magazine to yeah. be more about Gracie Mercedes mm -hmm. and less about like fashion and style sure. Gracie. Sure. Um, so I think that helps just reinventing your site and changing with the times mm -hmm. on your blog as well. Totally. But yeah, I do, I do think less people are yeah. apt to go to your blog. Yeah. I have been 12 years ago, like way back in the olden days, I feel mm -hmm. like, of the internet world. I started a blog. Um, I was in between my uh, junior and senior year of college. I was here in the city. I was studying at the Juilliard School. I was getting my BFA in dance, and um, I was newly married, and so I felt like it was – I was just trying to find a domain that I could uh, host big, large files of my, my wedding photos and things like that, and so a blog spot is what I found could work, and so um, – 
That was 12 years ago. You're uh, an OG. I, if you yeah, had a blog it, well, spot. Blo- I had a blog spot. The, yeah. Blog. Yes. That, those, right? are the, those are the old days, it's the golden so age. It's so funny to think about how yeah. far it's progressed and how it's changed and evolved like long before social media, mm-hmm. Instagram. I feel like Facebook was super exclusive. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Absolutely. Like, I remember we were going around having to like sign a petition at my school to be recognized as a university that could, <laughs> so you could possibly get, on. get access. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For me, I was, I was a dancer. I loved dancing. And... Um, during my experience at Juilliard, it, like I kind of felt this shift. I've always been a creative. I've always loved to, to create. I've loved um, anything in that field, but it was always dance. It was like eat, sleep, breathe, dance. You know mm-hmm. the, the big the quotes that you see on Pinterest and things. And it, there was just this shift where I felt burnout, and I felt like I needed to see if there were other things that I could find that could kind of ignite that creativity again inside me. Um, and I think we're living in a different time than we did back then because I feel like it was really hard. You, I feel like you, you're you told, like, this is what you're going to do. Stay in your lane and do that. Mm-hmm. And it was really – I felt like I didn't really know or have the tools or skill set to think, like, well, what about this? Or how can I bring that into it too? And can I go into this lane a little bit? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just felt like, you, you know, you, you get a job in a corporate office and you stay there your whole life or you, you know, you get a degree in that and that's what you do. Um, and I feel like the whole world just opened for me as I graduated and I really started to try to figure out what it was that made me happy as a creative person and trying to explore that. And I feel very fortunate that through my blog in those early years, um, before it became what it is now in terms of the blogging world or just the online world, I was able to really find my voice and kind of gain an audience, a following, almost like a happy accident. wasn't what I was was starting out to do. It was never my intent. Um, you know, it was several years before I realized, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people reading this. You know, it was a couple of years in, I think we were getting a couple million unique visitors each month. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of wild because back then it wasn't, you, you weren't promoting yourself on Instagram or Facebook or it was really more word of mouth, I guess. Right. I mean, you probably can relate. I feel like it was, it was just kind of a different ball game. Well, and I don't even think that we knew, we didn't understand what analytics were. Yeah. Uh, That didn't, at least for me, come until later when you were trying to monetize those analytics. You know, everyone's like, well, what are, you know, what are, what are these numbers? And sometimes for me, I'm like, I don't like to look at that a lot. I don't want to get caught up in that because I think it can really mess with your head and yeah, yeah. just yeah. for me it's like put your head down and do the work yes, and I that's that. what just like creating 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 and then what a beautiful thing that it ends up oh gosh you're actually doing really well yeah I think one of the biggest things in terms of how everything came out to be what it is now was just really focusing on something that I really loved and finding my voice and really staying true to that in the first few years. Like you were saying, I had no idea that, I mean, I didn't monetize it. I, I didn't make money for several, several mm-hmm. years. You know, I, it wasn't, it just wasn't what even my end goal was. I wasn't like, oh, well, someday I'm going to. It was just, I really enjoyed sharing and I loved the online community. I think it is full of some of the best people. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it's I've, I've been a big documenter, a big share, but I also just really love the fact that we can connect mm-hmm. with somebody on the opposite side of the world. And they don't even have to be the same sort of, you know, they don't even have to be a mother or at, at, at this age in their life, but we all share such commonalities and 
to know you're not alone or to know that there's other ways to do something and to be able to hopefully help somebody see that in their own life. You know, it's for me, it's I've never wanted it to be since I, you know, I document and share a lot of my life. I've never wanted to be like, hey, look at me. Yeah. Look what I'm doing. I've wanted to be like, no, you know, this is my little adventure. This is me trying to get out of my two bedroom apartment in New York City with my five little ones and go explore. And, and this is my message to you to go do that, too. You know, yeah. like make an adventure of going to the post office or whatever it is. It's been for me the most rewarding part and it's why I've kept going and, and felt like I've been able to really um, just enjoy what I'm doing every day yeah which means so much to me how do you have a business today like how have you monetized what you have created several years in so I started in 07 with the blog um, several years in I, I you know my husband he was always so great at helping me with the content side helping me figure out a, a domain and how to lay it out and all of that stuff. But a couple of years in, he really was the one that was like, I think we were one of our biggest, our first brand partnerships was with Sweetgreen. Mm -hmm. um, we were living in DC for a couple of years and they were a very small, I think they had like three stores back then. And um, Nate Rue, one of the founders had reached out and um, was like, let's get lunch. Like, let's collaborate. Let's figure something out. And um my husband was just, I, 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 at the time, like, I was just not a business person. I didn't know how to approach that. I'm like, I don't know what to tell someone a rate is or deliverables or how do I go about this. I really don't know. And he was just so great at um, being like, let's do Like, I'll help you. Like, let's do this together. You know, what you're, you're spending so much time putting so much effort and work into what you're um, producing every day. Like, let's see if there's a way to organically bring in a brand or a company and kind of find a way to collaborate in a really authentic way. For me, I mean, I have a very hard time looking at it too much from a business perspective, mm -hmm. especially because the space we're in changes so Absolutely. often. Like five, it, when I started it, I had no idea this is what I'd be doing. Uh, five years ago, not even, and even looking five years down the road, it's hard to know what this landscape will look like. Um, for me, I've always just really loved sharing and I've loved connecting and I'm really excited to try to find different avenues to do that. I'm working really hard on a book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think it's so important for people to realize too, with all of this, that you just have to get out and try. Like I remember even with photography, I had a acquaintance who was a big photographer who said, oh, like, well, you can never call yourself a photographer because you don't have a degree in photography. So, and I remember really taking that to heart and be like, oh yeah. And so I always was almost apologetic whenever I even with a brand when, you know, and they're putting a dollar amount behind the content that they're asking you to produce. And I would I was always really hesitant or almost kind of like, it's probably not very good. Like, I hope that I can reshoot it if, you know. And I finally just realized, like, I would never want to diminish anybody's degree or their experience or what they've worked for in that field when they really have worked so hard to be a photographer. But I, I've worked hard, too, in, in a sense of being self-taught, I guess, you know, and, and and I've Googled things and YouTubed and, t and tutorials where I'm like, how do, what does this button mean? And and how do I do this thing in Lightroom? And and I've just taken the camera out and played with it. And over time, like you, you, you do learn and you grow. And I mean, I still don't really say like, oh, I'm a photographer, but I am very proud of the content that I put out. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things in this day and age with the online community. It's so, so great, but you have to just remember that all of it is a lot of white noise, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Like you really can't get so consumed in the positive comments just as much as, as the negativity that's there too because 
your opinion of yourself is valued solely on on you and mm-hmm. who you are and who you look at in the mirror and and knowing that it doesn't matter what anybody else says yeah. because all the fluff I feel like is just as detrimental as yeah, the the trolls yes. that come out in the don't night. Believe your own press. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about my story, but um, I had a picture go viral. Do you know this story? What photo was it? Uh, me in a bikini. Oh. No, you don't know this. Okay, so we were in Mexico. I had just run the LA Marathon, so it was like number one. This is the best shape I'm ever going to be in in my whole life. Um, we got a few days away from our kids. We go to Mexico. Um, I had had a shot of tequila, and I had just gotten this new bathing suit. And the top um, had a monogram. My family's southern. Southern women love a monogram. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had about 5,000 fans on social media. And I thought, oh, I have a bunch of other moms. Like, I'm going to show off this bikini top. And I'd never taken a picture in a bathing suit before. And so I'm like, you do that thing, like Instagram husband. Like, honey, take 100 pictures. We'll yeah. find one. <laughs> and so he takes pictures. And the very last picture is I'm laughing because I feel super, like, most awkward and um, I see the picture and in the picture I have stretch marks all over my stomach because I carried three babies and so I start to zoom in you know that thing you do on an iPhone where you like zoom in I'm gonna cut it and then I'm like you know what all the women who follow me are moms they probably have stretch marks too so I end up posting the photo and I wrote something about the fact that I wear a bikini like I wear a bikini I have stretch marks and I'm proud of this body and every mark on it because there are so many women I know who would kill to be able to carry children and they don't have that blessing. And so I'm going to rock a bikini because this is what my body looks like. So I post the picture and this was back, uh, my Instagram's connected to my Facebook and I posted, it goes on both. And I remember we're sitting by a pool and at the time I like went over to see, you know, you like make sure it posted okay. And it had a hundred likes in like a minute. Wow. And I had never, I mean, that's nothing, but back in the then. day, that was massive like for me. Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes. Exactly. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and Maybe then, the algorithm changed. Yeah, yeah. And then like five minutes later, it had a thousand. Holy and cow. then it just, and we sat by a pool. I've never experienced anything like it in my life. We sat by a pool in Mexico. We would just watch this photo go viral. Um, and it was, you know, hundreds of thousands. And imme- like immediately people started, they would go to their bathroom and they'd take a picture of their stretch marks. They're posting their stretch mark photos. And it went everywhere. Every, when I say that every press New outlet in the world picked it up. Wow. Everywhere. And I got to tell you, of all the things that you want to go viral, that's probably not it. Like that was very overwhelming. Wow. Uh, but it really was the first time that I saw the power of just like being yourself and how much women resonated with me being myself and showing all of it, not just the pretty stuff. And that was that was really what started to shift and change my career from like food blogger to stepping into this space. And I think this book is sort of the um, the modern representation of what started like with that bikini photo. Wow, it's kind yeah. of like that photo on steroids. Absolutely. Like, I was like, I'll talk about all the things. I'll talk about my stretch marks and back fat and um, peeing my pants and like all of the horrible, like you don't have kids, so you've never walked through this <laughs> with a woman, but like all of these horrible things that your body goes through. Um, yeah, I'll just talk about it all. Because I feel like if I raise my hand and if I say I've gone through this, I've walked through this trauma or I've done this thing that's shameful or embarrassing, if I talk about my stuff, then I hope it gives you permission to talk about yours. But what most people don't probably don't know is that you really didn't make much money for the first five, six, seven years of yeah. your business, right? Oh, yeah. You were just 
working extremely hard, coming up with content. You yeah. wrote multiple books. Yeah. They weren't making a lot of money, it sounds yes. like. No money, by. no attention. Like, this is no the No followers. First, yeah. No, this is, I mean, I had, I slowly, I always had a community, but it was small. And I wasn't obsessed with the idea of how do we, like, I get this question all the time, like, how do I grow my social following? I'm like, serve the audience you have. Add value to the audience you currently have. Mm-hmm. I, I have the community I have because they keep talking about me to other people. Um, sorry, that's a side note. But no, um, I, yeah, I for years and years, every single penny that I made, I invested it back into the company. Because yeah. I knew that I wanted to scale and I knew I wanted to build something bigger. And this is the first time in years, years and years that I have put money, like I put a check in my bank account for the first time two months ago. Wow. And I cried like a baby. Because <laughs> it wasn't, um, it I, like, I'm so blessed that we were able to live off of Dave's salary, but there was something like psychological for me about being able to contribute. Like I put money in our bank account. I, I don't know, it was a big deal. Sure. So it's amazing. Yeah, so I just kept reinvesting and um, it really has felt like, I don't know, like a snowball rolling down a hill. Like all of a sudden it just, took speed and and went crazy after like pushing it for years and years. But you had a lot of people saying no in a, a, a smaller audience for a long time oh, yeah. and you came out with book after book and speech yeah. after speech and it wasn't like this overnight thing. No, Which a lot gosh. of people think it is like, oh, she just came out with a book and it's crushed yeah. and a million copies and yeah. I should be able to do that right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, no way. It like drives me insane actually because um, there's a little part of me, like I've, you know, people have, as their books have come out, their first books, they're like, oh, I hope it does. It's a New York you know, Times. With it. And I'm I like, I don't say it, but in my head, I'm like, how dare you? Like, how dare you? This, this, like, you're, you're aiming at the wrong thing. My hope as a writer, and still is, is like, I hope, I hope there's one person that it resonates with. You know that feeling, I know you do, where you like go to an event or you have a signing or you get to meet someone who's been yeah. affected by your work and you're like, oh, it was for you. Mm-hmm. It was for you. If you were the only person that got value out of this, that was worth it. What do you think's helped it take off? You know, you launched it, you put it out there. Did it take off in the first two weeks? No. Or was it kind of like, nope. was there a few different moments like that photo you posted a few years ago that that was a big spike and yeah. then it snowballed into this and that? This is 100% word of mouth. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And if you go, I think it has over 75,000 hashtags on Instagram right now. This is just women telling other women to read it. Wow. Um, I'm so grateful for my community because they are who made this successful. This was not, like you you can't as one person you know, do it. And we didn't have a budget to put against it. It was just like, hope it hope works. It works. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's- She didn't have a big campaign no. and press and media. No, because that was, was, was the first time that I'd done a book like this. So there was no proof of concept you know the publisher was like well we hope it works and that's the thing that i think people miss is like you have to keep going you don't even know who you're going to be you don't know who you're going to be half a dick a decade from now or 10 years from now because you you stopped like why am i successful and other people who want the same things and started at the same time aren't because when they heard no, they listened Mm. i just kept going i just kept going man if you have something on your heart, if there's something that keeps showing up that you think like, this is like, I'd really like to do that, but what if they laugh? I'd really like to do that, but what if I fail? I'd really like to, but I'm gonna have to find childcare. I'd like, dang it, sister, like listen to that. 
listen to that voice in your head. Listen to that voice in your heart. Like that is the real you begging, begging you to step into who you're called to be. Mm-hmm. Like everything comes back to other people's opinions. People like, pleasing. Yes, they are drowning. Women, myself included, um, drowning. I used to drown inside of what other people thought I should have for my life. Um, it I, starts with parents. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I didn't yeah. come from um, a, a society and my I didn't marry into a family where it was super normal for a woman to be an entrepreneur, for a woman to be a writer, for a woman to be a speaker. That we both Dave and I came from really traditional backgrounds. We're like dad worked, mom stayed at home and raised the kids. And so it was, um, I navigated that for years of, I really wanted to, um, to build a company. I really, I was, I was really, it still excites me like trying to figure out, okay, how do we scale this? How do we grow here? Um, and it was fine. People thought it was fine when we needed the money. When we needed the money, when we were newlyweds and we needed the money, everyone was supportive of like this cute little thing that Rachel did. And then when he started to make enough that we didn't need that and we had kids, everyone immediately like, when are you quitting? When are you gonna stop? And I was like, I just worked so hard to build this business. Um, So I didn't wanna stop, but I also didn't wanna bother anybody. I didn't wanna put anyone out. I didn't want anyone to be mad at me. And so I spent years and years building this thing, I don't want to say like in secret, but I would never talk about it. Mm. Um, I worked in the industry and if I went to an event and someone asked me what I did, I'd be like, oh, I'm a blogger. I like had a staff, full-time staff of five. We were doing really good revenue, working with some of the biggest brands on the planet and I would be like, I'm just just a blogger. Like I would, yeah, my little little side hobby, my little thing. Um, You were playing small. Absolutely. We go to family parties. I wouldn't talk about my business at all because I knew that it would make people uncomfortable. Like I just, and simultaneously, and I can call this out in women when I see it all the time now, is that when women do this, the number one symptom that happens when you do this is anxiety. Like when women tell me that they're suffering with anxiety, I'm like, who are you trying to please? Ooh, snap. Because it, it like it always, I, if I keep digging, it always comes back to that. It's like you're living, it's almost like you're living a double life. Like your heart is telling you you're one person and your brain is telling you, but you've got to fit into this box over here. And so for years I did this and for years I suffered from anxiety attacks and it took a ton of therapy and a ton of work to get to the other side of it to be able to have the courage to be like, no, this is who I am. Wow. And not not this is who I am like, you know, middle fingers up, like a Beyonce song, like get out of here, you can't. No, like I am going to be so full of love with myself that I don't need to beg you for it with the way I live my life. You don't need approval from anyone exactly. else. Because exactly. you can be happy alone or yeah. full of love alone. Yeah, totally. I think there are three uh, fears that we struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. The fear of failure, a lot of people struggle with, and that's why they won't take on something in their life because they're afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. The fear of success, which is, I never had that. Yeah, me either. I was always like, I want to achieve this. Yeah, when people ask me that in conferences, I'm always like, I don't even know how to answer this. So many people I say, how many of you are afraid of success? A lot of people say that. Yeah. But there's a weight and a responsibility of leaving people behind. Yes, that is, you're so right. That's always the thing. It's like, well, if I do this, my family and friends won't want. Yes. They'll like try to pull me down or something. And the last fear, which I think you and I have and had, is the fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Being judged for mm-hmm. who we are, yeah. what we want, who yeah. we want to be, 
things we say, the things we do, yeah. the passions we have in life. And that fear of wanting to please people and, that, and, and being judged. Uh, and at the center of all three of those is just, I'm not enough. Yeah. You know, we believe we're not enough. Yeah. And that's why we have these three fears. Um, but when we can get past the fear of failure, success, and judgment, yeah. that's when we can step into anything. Absolutely. Anything. Yeah. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.